Hey, what's up, guys? This is The Greatest Show on Dirt. How is everyone doing? I'm your host, Quentin, coming to you from the Sweet Bee Studios. We're going to talk uh, in this segment right here, man. We're going to talk a little bit of tanking, dude. Uh, we are in another free agent offseason to where things really aren't moving like we thought they would. Manny Machado and Bryce Harper are still free agents. There's not really a lot of talk on like bidding wars and stuff like that. Um, I, th- I think common perception is there aren't a lot of teams that are really looking at these guys. I mean, everything is basically like centered around the Phillies and the White Sox. I know the Dodgers at one point seemed in play to get Bryce, but there's not really been much talk there because reports were coming out that the Dodgers only wanted to go about five years on Bryce Harper. So that was pretty strange. And honestly, like there are like 170 free agents right now that are unsigned and pitchers and catchers report in shit, man, maybe like three weeks or something like that. So baseball really is just around the corner. And honestly, there's such a process to get ready for baseball. And that's what's around the corner. You know, it's very important for a player to, I think, know where they're going to, you know, get to spring training. And I think maybe mentally know where they're going ahead of time. I know last season we saw a lot of guys sign late. And many of those guys that signed late, you know, a few names that come to mind, man, like Logan Morrison, Lance Lynn, Alex Cobb, J.D. Martinez, I know, had a slow start. But there were guys that were signed super late, and their season seemed to be, like, completely thrown off. And everybody always talks about how Major League Baseball players are, like, these creatures of habit. But, you know, where they have to, like, go through their processes of getting ready for a season and all of that stuff. Well, one thing I know about baseball is – Baseball's a lot of work to get ready for it. It's a lot of work to maintain. And I think baseball players rely on certain parts of that process, you know, knowing where they're going to play at, knowing that they're knowing who their teammates will be, working out with their teammates possibly, and being on time to spring training. And I think when those things don't happen, players, you know, they get in a little bit of a bind, you know, like so for example, when I wake up and I don't have strawberry pop tarts or lucky charms, like my whole day is pretty much shot to shit. And no matter what I do throughout my work day, I'm not myself because I don't have lucky charms and because I do require both strawberry pop tarts. You know, I'm a, I'm a podcaster that requires a lot. You know, people look at me running a podcast like it's all Hollywood and I'm making a bunch of money and stuff like that. But listen, I struggle just like the major league baseball player does. And you know, like when I've got my wife and my doctor chirping at me, telling me to eat less sugar, Quentin, you're 35, you can't do that. And it's like, I get a lot of the same backlash that baseball free agents do, because all I want to do is play my game and eat my food. And it's like that with major league baseball players right now, you know, they're really not getting signed and they can't, uh, <laughs> they, they're not going to make it man to, uh, spring training in time. And I'm completely torn, man. I'm not, you know, I don't know a ton, dude, about, you know, um, baseball free agency regarding, like, you know, is there collusion happening? What do the numbers say that, you know, players should sign for? I'm, I'm I'm not super smart on the payroll numbers side of Major League Baseball. For the record, like, I don't think there's collusion going on right now. I know I did mention that a lot. I did just, like, say that two seconds ago. 
But I feel like I have to like interject and say like I don't think collusion is happening in Major League Baseball right now. I think maybe a lot of what we're seeing is you've got very much you've got analytical owners, analytical general managers, analytical front offices that are looking at a lot of these deals, saying, "Hey, man, that might not be the best thing happening." You know, so like for example, when you look at the Chicago Cubs. Two of their big contracts, you know, before they won their World Series were Jason Hayward and John Lester. Well, John Lester worked out, and the Cubs really won the World Series, you know, in spite of Jason Hayward hitting not much better than a major league pitcher. And I think the ongoing joke was, well, the Cubs just paid Jason Hayward $180 million to give a speech in a weight room uh, in Game 7 of the World Series. And I'm cool with that. Like, whatever, dude. I'm happy my team won a World Series. And even looking at teams like the Astros and the Cubs, I, I think you can look at those instances immediately and say, damn, am I for tanking or against tanking? And that's like, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's a hard, that's a hard fence to like be on. Right. Because I can easily look, you know, at Major League Baseball and all these free agents and be like, dude, like maybe tanking's hurting Major League Baseball because you have all these guys that aren't unsigned. And, but then like, I think in my head, like, well, Theo Epstein came into the Chicago Cubs and cleaned house and really, really sat through a few crappy seasons. And then they won a World Series. And that feeling of the Chicago Cubs winning a World Series, that feeling of your team winning a World Series, you know, I think, Uh, it's one of the greatest feelings in the world. And that's crazy to say that because like, you know, um, like I've been married, I'm married, right? Like that should be like the greatest feeling in the world, but, and it it is dude. And like, I don't have kids or anything, but I've got tons of nieces and nephews and stuff that mean the world to me, but sports and like a human being's life, it's a, it's a, it's a different Avenue, man. And I think it allows uh, us, you know, sports fans to kind of live in this alternate reality where we see these like real life superheroes do things that shouldn't be done and against all odds succeed and conquer. And in this case, that conquering was winning the world series. And with Cubs fans, especially man, that was held pretty close to their hearts because, you know, it was generation after generation all the way up to 108 years of the Chicago Cubs not being able to win a world series. So there was this, super like a nostalgic effect like this um this family like longing that finally happened to where you know it's these sport moments that you can share with the people around you and they end up just being these beautiful moments man I think they're so fulfilling and I think that you know they make us feel good you know to have your team win the world series and go out and buy like world series memorabilia or remember that, Hey, that year the Cubs won the world series. I saw him play a three game set against the Braves. And like, you're just like, I saw that man. I saw those world champions, dude. And then to sit back and on like all of those, uh, you know, all those years, all those day games that you watch, you know, with your dad, your grandpa, your mom, whoever. And it's just, you know, when everything culminates into this big world series victory and it was very much like that with the Houston Astros, especially what they had been through with the hurricane and things like that, having never won a World Series and, you know, losing against the uh, Chicago White Sox in 2005 that nobody remembers because the White Sox get zero love from the media. Did that? Wait, I should probably go ahead and say that the Astros have never 
lost to the World Series against the Chicago White Sox because the White Sox never won it. But you see what I'm saying. And, you know, there's a lot of good things there. So it's it's sort of, I think, hard for me to be like, well, tanking's bad. Because um, I think tanking could be a good thing when it's communicated properly to the fan base. So, you know, I see, like, reports about all these free agents and no one signing Machado and Harper. But, like, I can look at the Chicago White Sox rebuild right now. And I think the Chicago White Sox front office, you know, spearheaded by Rick Hahn, the White Sox have done a really good job of communicating to their fan base their rebuild. And you can go on Twitter and, you know, interact with Chicago White Sox fans and see what they're saying. And you know that the White Sox feel really good about what's happening. Um, But I'll tell you this, man. So to go back on that, you can get on Twitter and interact and talk to Chicago White Sox fans and realize that the Chicago White Sox aren't bitter about their rebuild. And I know fans aren't really coming out to guaranteed rate field, formerly first cellular field, Americans. I don't know. That team, dude, where the White Sox play, it changes names so much. I think it should be like Vienna Sausages Field might be next or like, I don't know, man. I don't know why Nathan's Hot Dogs, they don't have a baseball stadium. Like where's Nathan's famous hot dog field? That's what it should be next. Um, but so like, and Rick Hahn's really communicated to the fan base very well what they're doing. And you can even look at that and say like, well, one of the initial questions, I wrote down a ton of questions before this, but one of the questions I had like, is tanking even a problem right now or is tanking this viral thing that the media has gotten a hold of and they sort of just write about for clicks, right? You know, the media like on ESPN.com, MLB.com, whoever like baseball writers are, their job really depends on like clicks and reads and stuff like that. And there's no doubt that writing articles about team's tanking is going to get you some clicks because it's kind of gossipy news. You know, I, I'm on the spot, man, but I read a book once. (laughs) I read a book once guys, just once only one book in my life. Besides, of course, I, I read every Goosebump R.L. Stein book when I was a kid. And then I didn't read a book for like 20 years. And then a book I picked up was called made to stick. And it talks about how to create content that, people can really latch on to and share and kind of be interested in. And I think in that book, uh, on like a gloomy note of the book, because it is a great book, but on like social media and like in articles that are written and things like that, people can really get behind injustice, right? So if you read an article about like a dog getting mistreated or polar bears in the Antarctic, like those are meaningful events. And those are things that, those are stories that might, you know, enrage groups of people that they can really get behind. And then therefore a lot of people are reading those stories and clicking those stories. Now, polar bears and hurt animals are are way more serious than is baseball tanking or not. But in that same, you know, light cut from the same cloth, you've got um, griping that comes from, you know, written stories from baseball writers that talk about tanking And because that's sort of like an injustice, people want to know about it and people want to talk about it. So then when they get on Twitter or they want to go to work, they can just gripe about something. You know, it's really hard 
to leave a review when you've had really good service, like at a restaurant, because you just want to go home and <laughs> because you've just eaten like a pound of spaghetti and a pound of lasagna and like two pounds of chicken parm, you just want to veg on Netflix and sit on your ass. But how fired up are you when you have a bad experience, right? You want to leave a review. You want to tell people about it. And you want to gripe. And part of me wonders, does baseball really have a tanking problem? You know, I read a tweet earlier today that talked about, in like, I think it was like in the 50s, that, you know, you really had like four or five dominating teams in Major League Baseball. You know, I think it mentioned like the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Giants, the Braves, and actually, if you sit tight, I think I might have taken a screenshot of it. Yeah, yeah. So this was a pretty interesting tweet I read, man. Like in the 50s, you had really five teams that were competitive. Yankees, Dodgers, Giants, Braves, and Indians, right? It's about a third of Major League Baseball teams. And this, I, I don't know how accurate that is. But I do know, like, if you look back on it, like the Yankees won, like, a ton of World Series titles, the Dodgers and stuff like that, and the Giants as well. And you look at the Indians have never won. World Series. I don't know if they were dominant or not, but you know, since 2008, eight different teams have won the World Series. And so like I I mean, I don't know. That tells me like if you've if you know, eight different teams have won the World Series since 2008, if if that's accurate or not, I haven't even really looked, but I don't think baseball ever has a problem of any team being able to win a World Series in a year. But yeah, I begin to question if tanking is really a problem or if the media has just kind of latched onto this because I don't really, I don't have negative feelings towards tanking because my team won a World Series. And an interesting thing is the MLB Players Association filed a grievance with the MLB regarding teams not competing. And for those teams, they the four teams that they named were the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Oakland Athletics, and the Miami Marlins for not spending revenue-sharing money. Now, I understand what the Miami Marlins had to do last year because I feel like their owner, Jeffrey Loria, really didn't care about the team, and I think that's a proven fact. So them aside, the Tampa Bay Rays won 90 games last year, and they tried to win. The Oakland Athletics won 97 games last year and made a ton of moves at the trade deadline to fortify their team to continue to win. And the Pittsburgh Pirates won 82 games last year. Now, 82 games is right in the middle, man. You know, that's two games above 500. So, you know, if they lose another game, they're sitting right at 500. And an interesting thing about that is um, Rick Hahn, Chicago White Sox owner, said this. And I believe it's pretty well accepted thought in Major League Baseball is that it's not a good thing to be in the middle. And... Because if you're just in the middle, like, you're really not going to win a World Series. So you might as well just sell off and make those moves. Well, what's interesting about it is if, you know, these three teams, three of these teams were defined as tanking last year. Well, they did a pretty damn good job. And that good job that I think the Pirates, the A's, and the Rays had last year. And here's the thing. Well, hold on. Shit. Let me slow down. The good thing that happened with them when you look at, the success of the Rays, A's, and Pirates last year, they did all that with not a lot of star players, but they did it with, you know, heavy data and heavy analytics. And when you look at that stuff, you can't really fault owners who think they can win without signing a 10-year, $300 million guy. It'd be crazy to think, you know, Albert Pujols is sitting in a seven-year, $240 million contract, 
And he really helps the Los Angeles Angels not be able to put a winning product on the field because baseball is a hard sport and Albert Pujols just, just couldn't withhold his end of the bargain, right? So the Angels are in a huge problem right now kind of until he's off the books because he can't produce, but he's getting paid like he's in his prime Albert Pujols. And it's completely bonkers. So I can't really fault a team for saying, well, what if I sign Bryce Harper? Because I get it. Bryce Harper and Manny Machado don't look like they're going to slow down, but like neither did Grady Sizemore or Andrew Jones. And these are guys through like their age 25 seasons. They had all time right up there with Hall of Famers wins above replacement numbers. Great offense, great defense, and then stuff happens and they're all of a sudden just not as good anymore. And when you're held accountable and you'll be fired if something goes wrong, and then also being a GM, looking at the success of the Rays, A's, and Pirates last year, you look at those teams, and it's easily like the Rays won 90 games. That's phenomenal. They won 90 games. They're an AL East team. 90 games is huge to win if you're a baseball team. That's worth going out and watching your team win. Whether you think they can win the World Series or not, they're playing good, meaningful baseball, and they're winning. And then, obviously, the Oakland Athletics breaking off 97 games. Like, damn, dude, I went to an Oakland A's game last year in Oakland. It was phenomenal atmosphere, man. And even with the Pittsburgh Pirates winning 82 games, it's like, well, there was never a point where we thought they were going to win a division. But if your team won 82 games last year after, like, getting rid of a lot of people— you look at it this year like, man, well, they won 82 games last year. This season's coming up. There's hope that the Pittsburgh Pirates could win the division. You've got to feel pretty good if you're a Pittsburgh Pirates fan because they could totally win this NL Central division and the Pirates could make the postseason. So it's this intersection of, you know, GMs and owners and fans of teams seeing bad contracts like Albert Pujols or Josh Hamilton or... Robinson Cano failing a drug test last year and missing a big portion of the season and not even being able to play in the postseason had the Mariners made it. Like, in that sense, Robinson Cano's a letdown to me. So, and then when you look at the A's, Rays, and Pirates, and you're like, dude, well, they didn't sign anyone to long-term deals, and they won 90 games, so what if they keep doing what they're doing and maybe add a few big names during the season at the trade deadline? Hell, they could make the postseason and win, you know? Like, you know, just go back, you know, a few years and look at the 97 Marlins and then the 03 Marlins, right? Like, they tore down after 97, then won in 03. So when you've got this data that's in there that says, hey, man, I could do this a different way and really, really win a World Series, that part of me looks at this tanking thing and I might say, man, I don't know that teams are tanking so they can pay their stockholders more money and that ownership and front offices can get more money. I think that they really believe that they can win by playing smarter because one, it's being done. And then two, look at guys like Pujols and Cano and like long-term contracts that have just went to waste. Like the Cubs are dealing with Jason Hayward right now and Jason Hayward's long contract, it's not working out for them is coming back to bite them because the Cubs are claiming that they're crippled right now. And, you know, part of me doesn't really agree with the Chicago Cubs not blowing the luxury tax out of the water because all of those years that the Cubs were saving money and losing 100 games, well, they need to be spending that money now and locking guys down. And 
part of my frustration with the Chicago Cubs is you could be frustrated that they signed Jason Hayward long-term, but don't take that out on like Bryce Harper. But then again, Jason Hayward was a young guy. You thought you could trust him. And then there's always that chance. Shit. Well, what if we sign Bryce Harper and it happens again? So then in that same sentence, I've just told myself, well, maybe signing long-term guys isn't good because look what happened with Hayward. So maybe the Cubs shouldn't get Bryce Harper. Maybe the Cubs should look at more analytics and data, take the studs that they have now, and maybe look at what you know teams like the Tampa Bay Rays did. You know, I think anyone would agree that you know teams like the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago Cubs and the Milwaukee Brewers have infinitely more talent than the Tampa Bay Rays, but the Tampa Bay Rays won only five fewer and six fewer games than the Brewers and the Cubs in one more games than the St. Louis Cardinals. So it's like, damn, if you're the Cubs, you're like, well, I don't want to sign Bryce or Manny for a long-term deal. Why don't I just take what the tools that I have and just try to use them better because it's proven that it can work.